We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the MAPS Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning. Ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty. Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up on the porch. How you reckon with his force? Third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth. Look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas. Airline serving as the palace. Young team, and it's full of talent. One revenge, we accept the challenge. Luca carrying a legacy. What it take to be an MVP? Being great, know it cost a fee. Know it really ain't that hard to see hold on wait silence the critics cause they never did it pass out jordan i woke up the city map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney go back to batman i'm calling them drizzy more triple doubles i'm waiting on 50 step back smoother you know it's so filthy if i get down on my team gonna lift me Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, know we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, like know we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 All right, guys, we're going to get started here. Uh, it's just me tonight. Matt's not joining this one. So this is just a, just a post-game vent session. So uh, anyone who wants to speak, just send the request. I'll get you up here. Uh, we'll do it, you know, kind of how like we've done in the past. I'm going to go ahead and bring people up and uh, just put it on mute until until it's your turn and that way it, you know, it goes orderly and everything sounds good and all that. So, <clears throat> all right, here we go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Mavs Step Back Live. I'm your host, Alton Trigg. And the Mavs, they went into game six, up 3-2. Uh, it was a very disappointing uh, 104-97 loss, though. Kawhi Leonard was just incredible the entire game. Uh, he scored 45 of the uh, of the Clippers 104 points, uh, according to Elias Sports. He was the fourth player in NBA postseason history to have 45 points and shoot 70 percent uh, when facing elimination. Which is, I mean, nobody's shocked by that. Kawhi is incredible. Uh, 
what I was disappointed with, you know, Luca he finished with 29 points, but, you know, some of those were just gimmies at the end there. He just, it kind of annoyed me that he took the 37 field goal attempts in the last game to heart. You know, he uh, he really took it to heart. He wasn't uh, he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been in this game, and you know that was the difference. Kawhi he took it upon himself to go out there and uh, not be eliminated, and he took the brunt of the offensive uh, load on himself. And Luca he was just passive, and I mean, given his teammates had some very very good looks in the uh at the, towards the end of the game and they just they just couldn't hit him so uh I wanted more aggression from Luca even though he hadn't been shooting the ball great throughout the course of the game I really wanted to see him be more aggressive you know taking taking open layup instead of kicking it out to Kleba who was just abysmal tonight uh but anyway let's start our venting session Christian <laughs> how's it going man man I am so disappointed um it's it's almost not even anger at this point you know anger right the game um I think game three I was probably a bit more disappointed just because you know starting out the way that we did in game three and you know it's it's the same story though we sat Luca in game three and then look what happens then look at you know, this game, right? And we sit Luca, the same thing kind of happens. And, you know, even when we brought him back, we were already down when um, he got back in the game. And it was clear uh, that no one else can really step up. And there were so many things. Like, I thought the officiating was awful. I mean, I that think for Bobon, for for Bobon to get a foul, I literally think it's going to have to take him to get injured which is just ridiculous. Like, they get away with just so much. My God. Well, the, um, the thing the thing that I have a problem with, with it, and to be clear, I mean, the Mavs, even with the bad officiating, that's not the – I'm not going to blame the officiating for this loss. It was really just the Mavs. They threw away too many possessions. Yeah. Even if it wasn't a turnover, there were way too many possessions where, you know, they just – it just wasn't good offense. They just <laughs> they gave the Clippers life by doing stupid stuff like posting up Boban with Kawhi on him. Like that's <laughs> nine times out of ten, that's not going to result uh, in a bucket for the Mavs. So, and, and I think to that point, that I think that's really uh, the main component of why we lost. Like those turnovers, especially. Um, you know, I, I thought later on Jay Rich played some good defense, but I remember there was a sequence of four straight possessions where Jay Rich, the first and second possession, took two awful three-pointers that, of course, were bricks. He immediately followed that up uh, with a turnover. When Kawhi was guarding him, he tried to drive in, turned it over. And then the very next time, he fouled Paul George on the inbound pass, which I was literally trying to, like, not to scream because it was just so awful. Um, You know, later on, he did a bit better, not offensively, but defensively. But, you know, I think your, your initial point of 
Luca just not being aggressive enough because I, I do think Tim can, you know, certainly help. Uh, Dorian hit a couple shots, but we just we just don't have the players uh, that can, you know, pick up slack. When you look at the team, Kleba, uh, Brunson, it, it was just bad, and it's uh, it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I get the idea that, the Mavs are just like desperately hoping that Kleba is just going to magically morph into the guy he was post COVID or, you know, last season. It's just not going to happen y'all. I mean, I, <laughs> I hate to be that guy, but it's it's just not going to happen. So uh, they need to do something different. I personally don't understand why they don't play uh, KP and Willie together more because that duo defensively in the regular season, was really, really good together, uh, you know, other than, you know, right in the middle of the COVID stretch, you know, they, they weren't really good then. But other than that, they worked pretty good together. And when they're playing his own defense and you have the length and, you know, KP, I thought he was really active tonight of, you know, not towards the end of the game, but, you know, early in the game, he had, a, he had deflections, uh, he had a big block shot, uh, he was dunking the ball. I mean, he just, he seemed like he was into it, and that didn't, you know, uh, sustain throughout the rest of the game, but I don't know, it's just, it's one of those things where I I always thought this series would go the distance, I just didn't think it would be a situation where uh, the home team just would not win a game, and Jack Stevens pointed out in the chat that KP had seven points, I, I get that. I know he he wasn't good offensively, but like I said, at least he was doing something on the defensive end to where he wasn't a complete liability uh, early on in the game. So there were a few. I'm, I'm about to bring up uh, our next guy, Josh, here. But uh, before I say that, I, there are two moments that stuck out to me that kind of that kind of you know changed the momentum of the game. And one of them was at the end of the fourth quarter, two seconds left, Brunson gets fouled. It was a silly foul uh, from Paul George. Brunson misses both free throws, so it would have put the Mavs up six going into the fourth, uh, and they would have had the ball. And then to start the fourth, Brunson drives to the rim and just throws up a, a off. He, he was off on a floater, basically. And then the Clippers uh, – came down and by the time Luca came in uh, the lead was gone so <laughs> that that was the first thing and then another thing was when the Mavs ended up when they had some momentum they regained the lead uh, there was about seven minutes left and uh, Rick Carlisle took a timeout which I, I thought was was kind of dumb I, they should have just gone with the flow uh, you know, they had a good rhythm going. Even Luca was like very confused and looking like, why did we just take this time out? And then from that point on, it just kind of felt like the Clippers had it. So uh, it was, you know, like I said, it was very disappointing. But now we move on to game seven. Uh, hey, you know, Dalton, go ahead. Real quick, I just wanted to say, because I thought you were going to mention it. This is kind of the last point I had was, uh, you know where Luke, we were up seven. I believe it was in the fourth, or maybe it was the third. Um, but he jacked up that three, and then it 
you know, the, it bounced off the rim. They went in transition. We had to take a foul. Um, I thought that was uh, really kind of key turning point because I think they rattled off like a 9-2 run or something to that effect. But I, I thought that was big as well. But um, Yeah. Yeah, that just like like I said before, and great stuff as always, Christian. I appreciate it. Uh, but like I said, there's just there's way too many uh, missed opportunities for the Mavs tonight for them to win. Uh, they they just they had it. You know, they could have if if Luca, and it wasn't just at the end of the game for Luca. There were times where he was he was just forcing stuff uh, throughout the game where he could have just you know gone and gotten it himself, but. Uh, you know, the, the second day of rest between games is huge for him. Unfortunately, that's not an option, you know, the rest of the way. So, uh, <laughs> and to make it even worse, the Sunday game seven is a uh, 2.30 uh, central time start. So, <laughs> there, there's going to be even less rest uh, going into this game seven. But, hey, you have Luka, you have Kawhi, game seven, winner go home, the Mavs have played amazing at Staples Center. So, I mean, who knows, man? I mean, it's it's going to be very disappointing if they don't win. But, uh, I mean, as a in general, as a sports fan, you really can't ask for, for anything more exciting than this. So, Josh, how's it going, man? Hey, Dole. What's going on, man? Not much. How you doing after that one? Good. Hey, sorry. Sorry about that technical difficulties earlier. I appreciate you bringing me back. Yeah, you uh, did. Hey, that was my first Mavs playoff game um, ever. Oh, nice! You were there. So yeah, I was there. So to, so positive. Um, following up, Christian, I feel like it's only appropriate to say that the crowd energy was great. Um, I thought the atmosphere was fantastic from start to finish. I, I felt like there were some real key moments where I could feel the crowd impacting the game, um, especially with the Mavs on defense. Uh, it's, it's a shame that they, they couldn't pull one win in front of this crowd because I feel like the fans deserve it. Um, so that's disappointing. Uh, but, but from a crowd perspective, the AAC brought it. Um, I, I can't think of a, a better environment than what we, what we gave tonight. Um, disappointing side, though, I, I've seen Luca have bad games, but I've never thought that he's choked um, until tonight. Um, and I'm thinking specifically of the moment in the fourth quarter. We were down by five. He puts Batum on his butt, and he's wide open at the top of the three-point line, and he decides to pass the ball away to KP, who was covering. Yeah. That, th- that moment right there felt like Luka choked. And, and, like, and I'm not worried because we've seen D- Dirk struggle with this. I- I'm not trying to indict Luka. He'll bounce back from this. But um, this is the first time I-, I think that the moment felt too big for Luka, and I- that's um, – you know, that's that was my big takeaway because if he had drilled that three, it's a two point game. You know. Um, yeah, and I mean, look, I, I agree with you as far as you know uh, what you've said with the crowd impacting the game. Uh, the AAC has been amazing uh, in during this postseason, uh, but you know, I, it's just one of those things where it's just hard for them uh, to win at home. And there were, you know, that the crowd energy can only get you so far. You have to actually go out there and, and play well and, <laughs> and secure the win and make it worth it uh, for the fans. But, I mean, I, I could definitely feel the crowd making a difference at some point, uh, at some yeah. point throughout that game. It was It's great to have fans back uh, just in general 
because I mean the bubble that just like I tweeted out earlier tonight that just that wasn't it. It's so it's so good to have full crowds back, and it, it, I just wish the Mavs could have you know rewarded you and the other eighteen thousand three hundred people that that came out for this one tonight. You know, it's just yeah. it's very unfortunate that they've lost all three home games of this series. I know they were bad at home during the regular season, but man, <laughs> at least it's, get one it's, at home. It's not even it's not even that we lost, it's that the way Luca has performed on the road versus at home that's that's just baffling to me. Um but I don't I don't want to belabor the point. Um I, I think we can still win this. Luca in LA has shown that he could be a demigod, so um uh, let's get it in seven and uh you know you can bring up somebody else. Let's go Mavs. Yeah, yeah I think Great stuff, Josh. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the winner of this series, it's definitely going to galvanize this team. Uh, you know, wh- whether it's the Clippers or it's the Mavs, you know, it's kind of like uh, I could definitely see the Clippers doing like the Spurs did in 2014 if the Mavs end up, you know, not winning it. I'm going to try not to think that way, but I could definitely see a situation where the Clippers end up winning in seven and then they go on to uh, – to win a title. I mean, I don't, they have a lot of demons to overcome to even reach their first conference finals, but uh, I just, I, I, I could see that going in their favor, especially since the Lakers weren't healthy and they got knocked out uh, by the Phoenix Suns. So, but great energy, Josh, like Christian said in the chat, uh, that, that is the, the, that's the proper mindset to have going into Sunday's game seven. The only thing I worry about is, the super early start, like I said. So not only do you just have one day difference uh, between tonight's game and Sunday's, but it starts early too. So <laughs> it, it may just be uh, – and honestly, I mean, I'm not going to doubt Kawhi Leonard, but I, I mean, I don't think he's going to have another, you know, 45-point, 70 80% shooting game again. I could be wrong. Uh, but man, it, it was, it was disappointing, but we're all gonna just have to swallow this pill and go on to Sunday's game seven and hope that we get some legendary stuff from Luca and maybe the Mavs can pull this thing out. But, uh, other, other than that, I mean, I really don't have any, anything else to add to it. I, I want to get a lot of your thoughts, uh, you guys in the chat's thoughts of, you know, what you thought the Mavs could have done better in this one, uh, how you're feeling going into into game seven. Um, I really want to get a lot of you guys' thoughts on that. So if anybody you know wants to speak, definitely send a, a speaker request, and I'll get you up here. I see Austin Lamb. He is here. Austin, what's up, man? Oh, not, not much. I, I had to compose myself for a, for a little while. Uh, but you know, I think we just move on to the next game. I don't know what my confidence level is. I feel like at times our team can kind of get the attitude of, well, we gave it our best. Like we tried, but you know, they got us. So I hope we can come out and bring the, the energy that we've had in LA so far. Um, I think the guys I would be most concerned are like, KP, he's just not not to just harp on KP all the time, but he seems to be just there, if, if that makes sense. And tonight, I really liked his energy throughout the game. I th- I think 
this was his best energy game tonight. But, um, you know, I just I hope we can kind of string it together, come through for the game. It, it feels like Luca's got to score 50 or or that's pretty much the game plan at this point. Like he's got to score 50 or or we don't win. So that, that's yeah, kind of where I'm at right now. Especially if, especially if guys aren't gonna, you know, come out shooting well. Because I, it's like I told uh, a couple of guys I was talking to during the game. If Dorian doesn't go, you know, two for nine or whatever. Well, not two for nine. He was, he didn't hit a shot in the first half, and then I think it was Boban that was two for nine because he had a stretch where he was right at the rim. And he just kept trying to tap it in, tap it in, and he missed four in a row. And it, it was, that was brutal. It that was, was brutal, awful. So, you know, if, if if Boban and Dorian have decent, just decent shooting first halves, then you know it's probably not as hard. It, the The toll on Luca isn't as much as it should be if they just have a good shooting. Because Tim Hardaway Jr. he came out on fire. Uh, you'd love to get something more from KP, but it's just I, I've give I've completely given up on him after this one. I I had hope going into this one again, and I'm just I'm tired of being hurt by KP. So I, I'm I, I I'm think done. the guy I'm, uh, the guy I'm most surprised about in this series is is Dorian because I mean obviously on the defensive end he's been himself but it's like he swapped bodies with bubble maxi on the offensive end and it's just been i don't i don't know what what has happened there but it seems like if we could get like 40 percent from three dorian back then we you know which again that leads to the point of we just need that one other guy to step up and i and i think we're a very dangerous team when that happens yeah, I mean it's it's definitely the focus. Uh, if if the Mavs front office hasn't seen it in this series, and it it almost kind of worries me that they've taken the Clippers to Game Seven <laughs> in this series yeah. and had a chance to close them out in six because it's like okay, was well, the front office watching this and uh, thinking <laughs> thinking that this team is is okay as is and they're not going to do much during the off season? I hope that's not the case. Uh, it definitely shouldn't be, but, uh, you know, they definitely have to get Luca some help. I don't know, even if it's not like a big splashy move, you know, just like I said in the last pod around the edges, uh, just get him some more consistent, uh, offensive players, you know, guys that aren't, they don't even have to be great defenders. You know, I don't want a guy that's a defensive liability, but just somebody, that can give you more consistent offense, and it's not just hot and cold every single game. Uh, yeah. I just—that's th- the thing about this Mavs team—they live and die by the three, and they're—they're they're either super hot or they can't hit the broadside of a barn. There is no in between. Uh, and Dorian—he was incredible in Game One, and like you said, I don't know if that just completely drained all his powers or what. <laughs> just, uh, he just hasn't been. Yeah. He hasn't been who the Mavs need him to be uh, throughout this series to to close it out yet. So maybe somebody will step up. You know, somebody will step up big in Game 7 aside from Luka. That's the thing with this team, though. You never know who it's going to be. 
more than likely it could be Tim Hardaway Jr., but maybe Dorian, you know, snaps out of it. Maybe Maxie redeems himself. Uh, anybody but KP. Like I said, I've just – I've given up. I, I, if, if he wants to come out and shut me up in game seven, then so be it. I, I'm actually rooting for him to do that, but I'm done hoping. Absolutely. It, it, it yeah. is what it is with KP at this point. I've given up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like right there with you. I, you know, I emotionally tweeted the other night. I, I just want him off the team, which, you know, maybe that's rash, but it's like you said, it's just – even if it's not a superstar, just someone that can at least be counted on to score 10 or more every game. I think right. that's like that's just all we need. It's not even like a huge ask. It's just get some guys that can score points and like you said not be a liability and we're like right there. I can I feel like we're like right there. Yeah, I and, mean, look, and, if they if they add if they I see somebody in the chat here. Uh, let me see, uh, Richard in the chat said Rashawn Holmes. Like, if if they can get a guy like that, or like the piece that I uh, that I put on uh, DallasBasketball dot com the other day, you know, there's apparently some mutual interest between uh, the Mavs and Miles Turner. Like, Miles Turner is definitely interested in playing for Dallas. I don't know what they would do to. Uh, you know, to make that trade happen. But, you know, that's that's what I heard is that Miles Turner, you know, actually wants to play in Dallas. I, I don't know how they get it done, but, I mean, that's something. Right. You know. uh, I think if you replace Turner with KP, you know, you you have something there. He doesn't – he know he already knows how to sacrifice. He's not going to get mad if he's not getting his, you know, a bunch of shots. And he can move well defensively, and he has a – he leads the league with – uh, 3.4 blocks per games, per game. So, uh, I would love to, to, to do something like that, but regardless, you know, they have to do something. They have to do something to help Luca this off season because, uh, after this off season, uh, it's going to become harder for the Mavs front office with their roster building. So, but Austin, I appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you love listening to us here on The Step Back, what's wrong with stopping you from grabbing your own mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. 
or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting website would charge you for you just to get an initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about our favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, next up, return guest, Xavier. Xavier, how you doing, man? Oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, I know Josh is expecting me to, to come in here and be negative Nancy, but I'm not. Look, man, before the series, if you told me we would have gotten into a game seven, I would have thought, you know what? That's, that's a win. You know what I'm saying? And let's be frank. We shouldn't have won game five, right? We survived game five. So, okay. We gave up game six. Either way, right, we're, at, we're in game seven. And look, the fact that we're here means that we're coaching our asses off because we should not be here. The Clippers are a more talented team. I think everyone can agree to that. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. And look, I, that's not to say that I'm like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. I don't want to win. No, absolutely. F that. I want to win. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, look, you don't have a mark when, when, when the other team is as talented as they are. You have no margin forever. So we have to play a perfect game to win. And, you know, we just have to hope that that's going to happen in game seven. But I heard that some of the players you just named, like Rashawn Holmes and Miles Turner, like, honestly, man, those guys aren't helping Luka. Luka needs help. Luka doesn't need somebody to stay on the perimeter. Luka needs somebody who's going to grab the ball by the horns and go make make a bucket happen. And those just aren't the guys. You know what I'm saying? So, Man, and Dorian, I want to cut him some slack because, man, he's having to defend Kawhi Leonard every possession. Like, it's a lot to expect in a, hey, go guard a top five offensive player and then shoot 40 to 50% from three, too. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he's just he's just not that guy. And that's okay. That's no disrespect to Dorian. You know what I'm saying? He He's a good player, but he's just – he's not an elite 3 and D player, and that's unfortunately what we need, you know, when you're competing against those type of wings. But look, man. One game, winner take all. We have a player, you know, that can erupt for 50, 60 points, a 40-point triple-double. We have somebody like that, so we got to punch his chance. So I'm just looking forward to Sunday. It ain't over. You know well, what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it's definitely not over. And look, I, for whatever reason, the Mavs just have this – they just have a different mojo at Staples Center. Uh, so, I mean, they've got that going for them. Uh, they've been playing with house money all series since they won those first two games. Uh, you know, I obviously there's pressure on everybody in a game seven. But, man, there is a lot of pressure on the Clippers. I mean, <laughs> this is a team that's been a, a title favorite for two straight years now since they got Kawhi and, and PG. Uh, they, they went to the second round last year. They got lucky because of how, you know, Bubble KP was playing. He got hurt, and he's obviously not the same guy now. But they kind of got lucky in the first round last year. 
they blew a 3-1 lead in the second round uh, to the Nuggets and to keep them from getting to a conference finals. They've never been to a conference finals in their team's history. And now they find themselves in a seven-game first-round fight with the Mavs. And on their home floor, I mean, I just – there's going to be so much pressure on the Clippers to get this done. So, I hope hey, the Mavs – go ahead. You know what the fact there has been for – you know, the difference in the series to me has been like Reggie Jackson. Like, they're getting timely buckets out of effing Reggie Jackson. Man, he's like, been incredible. He has. And look – I, I guarantee you, if you ask Rick, hey, pick a player that you would bet to beat you that, look, if they hit shot, you tip your cap, you keep it moving, it would be Reggie Jackson. You know what I'm saying? So, look, man, if Reggie Jackson's going to shoot like that, I mean, shit, what, I mean, really, what can you do? You know what I'm saying? You're already having to defend Kawhi and PG, and now Reggie Jackson is balling out? I mean, Jesus. I mean, Yeah, like, the that's- to win game seven. Because, like I said, we know what Luke is capable of, especially when he's playing on the road. And he, there's just something about Staples Center in Los Angeles that he just his eyes light up. He loves playing there. We know what we're going to get from him, but who's going to be the Mavs version of Reggie Jackson in Game Seven? They have to have somebody come out and have a decent game, so he has a, a Robin to his Batman. They have to, they have to have something like that in Game Seven. If they're going to win, so we'll we'll see how that goes. X, I wanted to ask you something. You mentioned earlier that you know guys like uh, Rashawn Holmes and uh, Turner, Miles Turner. You know that's not really what Luca needs. But my counter to that, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and get your thoughts on it. I mean, let's just take Rashawn Holmes for example. There was a play tonight where Luca. He could have probably gone for the layup or the easy floater instead of lobbing it up to KP, but he lobbed it up to KP anyway. Uh, It was probably a foul, but KP didn't get it. But my thing is he doesn't go up and grab it with two hands and flush it. I mean, don't you see if, don't you see it turning out differently if they had a guy like Holmes uh, in KP's spot in those situations based on how he's played in his career? But you can find players like that off the scrap heap. I mean, look what Daniel Gafford gave Washington, and he was just a throw-in to make salaries match. Look at what Nerlens Noel was able to give the Knicks, and you know, on a cheap four or five million dollar contract. Like you can find players that can rim run and catch an alley oop off the scrap heap. You don't want to commit fifteen to twenty mil for someone that that's what you know that's what they're giving you. It's just they have to be able to do more than just catch an alley oop. Um, and those guys just aren't versatile now. Don't get me wrong. Miles Turner had a great year in terms of blocks and all that, but there's a reason why Indiana was willing to part with him before the season, and it's because on offense, trust me, he was on my fantasy team the last two years, so I watched a lot of it. <laughs> there was a lot of times where he, you on offense, you forgot he was there because he's you're not throwing the ball to Miles Turner and saying, go get me a bucket. Essentially, he'd be doing the same thing that KP's doing now, which is standing on the wing, waiting for a pass, and shooting a three. And so... Why do we complain? Because Porzingis can't attack the rim or create his own shot. So you want to pay more money for a guy that would do the same thing Porzingis is doing? And Rashawn Holmes ain't that guy. And look, we're just easy to defend if, if our five can't hit from the perimeter. So I like the mouse trying to fit, but I'm not trying to commit significant free agent resources to a big man. And plus, with, with the money we're playing Porzingis, if you're allocating $45, $50 million to big men in a league that's wing-driven, that's just, you, you know, you're not turning in the right direction. So that would be 
that would be my, you know, my apprehension for that. Um, well, see, but, over. Let me. Sorry to cut you off there, but just just to expand on the Turner thing, the only reason I would do that is if you know you could have if if Indiana would somehow take on KP and you know Turner only he he only makes eighteen million a year, so there'd obviously have to be a lot more to that trade uh, than just you know KP for for Turner, but uh, that would be the only way I would do that. I, I wouldn't want to pair the two together, so to speak. So it just, it's, uh, no, it is possible. And I'll tell you why with, look with Indiana, Indiana is one of those teams that because they're a small market team, they know they're not, they're not a free agent destination. They're happy to just compete, get a four five, six seed year and year out, make their money, not going to the luxury tax. And they're happy with that existence. Right? So the only thing that could help is the fact that Porzingis is locked in, um, for three years, so they're like, look, yes, it's a risk worth taking. But even, you know, if Indiana had cash space tomorrow, to them, in, cash space doesn't mean for Indiana what it means for most of the league because no one's signing in Indiana. So maybe they take a chance that KP is able to stay healthy. And now Porzingis would actually be a good player to pair with Sabonis because theoretically he could protect the rim where Sabonis can't. And on offense, he wouldn't clog the paint for Sabonis the way Turner did at times. So that's actually not as unrealistic as you would think, um, despite the fact that we don't have draft capital to kind of include in that deal. Yeah, yeah, great stuff as always, X. Uh, appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm i not all in on the on the Turner thing. I'm really not all in on the, on the Holmes thing either. But, uh, you know, I, ideally – you know, if the Mavs could come out and trade for somebody like uh, like Zach Levine or Bradley Beal, you know, get a, a true second option that can get a shot whenever they want, uh, you know, that that would be an ideal situation. But, the you know, beggars can't be choosers. But anyway, we'll move on from off-season stuff here. Uh, Derek, he has been waiting for a while, so I'm going to get him up here. Derek, what's up? Man? Hey, what's up, Dalton? How's it going? Ah, well, it, it's been better, but uh, like our guy Christian said to lead off, you know, it's not really not really mad or anything, just just disappointed with how it went. But, I mean, what what was your takeaway from that one? Uh, I feel you. Uh, first, let me thank you for putting this platform up, man. It's, uh, I appreciate um, just uh, being able to come to a place to vent, you know, <laughs> all <Yeah>. these uh, – <laughs> Losses, wins, either way, it's here. It's good to hear other fans um, coming to one place and being able to hear uh, other uh, other people's uh, opinions and whatnot. But um, yeah, gosh, I just uh, Luca, man, I tell you what, in these uh, wins and losses, he is totally a different person. It's it, to me. And these, you know, like tonight, it seemed a lot similar to game three and four. Um, just with his aggressiveness, like you kind of talked about earlier, um, he just, uh, he plays a different way, like whenever they go, when, whenever they're able to win and whatnot. Um, and um, you're just kind of able to tell, like tonight, um you know, like you talked about earlier, he just, he's so passive. Uh, <laughs> like tonight, it just, you look, uh, and you're, 
whenever he's making plays, you're you're just you you're like, ah, why why are you not being more aggressive in these situations? And um, you know, I I think you know it, it it's one of those things where just and, well, uh, I mean, look, it, Luca, it's like somebody just pointed out in the chat. Um, you know, he he's tired. He's tired. He he's had a, a uh, workload this entire series. Uh, you know, he 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 really he's gotten help throughout this series, and that's been a big reason why the Mavs have have been able to win. Uh, you know, three games so far and force this this Clippers team to a game seven. But I mean, he just he needs some more help. His usage rate is through the roof. Uh, yeah. By the gets to the fourth quarter he just doesn't have a lot of gas left now that said you know he's still <laughs> he like you said he showed late that he he can still muscle his way to the basket and get an easy bucket and you know we're thinking man where was that earlier <laughs> so right. I, you know, I, I think the way this game ended Luca he kind of he's kind of like Carlisle he, he he makes adjustments for himself from game to game and I, I think he'll come out in Game Seven with more of a more of a killer mindset. At least that's my expectation for him, based on what we've seen in the past when he has games where he feels like he let the team down. So uh, I I don't know, man. It's it's a winner take all. Anything can happen. Uh, obviously, we would have all liked for the Mavs to finish this off in six and be playing the Utah Jazz on Sunday, but. You know, it oh. is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think overall, just as a basketball fan, people are, are going to be generally excited for this Game 7 on Sunday. You know, it. I've seen it a lot in the chat, you know, like what are we going to do with KP after the season? You know, like it's um, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it we kind of blew – you know, whatever we had to get him here. And we just took a chance. And um, especially because he didn't even play really after we traded for him. We just like said, hey, we traded for you. We're going to give you this contract. And, you know, after an injury and hopefully it works out. And it just, uh, it's one of those things that, well, look, they can't, they can't help that, you know, KP has gone through uh, the injury stuff that he has. I mean, that was a risk that they took when they made the trade. Uh, appreciate, and, and I appreciate it, Derek. Very glad uh, you got to come on and talk with us tonight. But, uh, you know, that, that was a, a risk they took. It was a necessary risk. I mean, the, the potential was obviously there. Uh, we saw it with how KP played last year, especially – uh, when they got to the bubble, and then the meniscus thing was just brutal. Uh, he just he hasn't looked right defensively since then. He's had his moments, and then you know in the playoffs against the Clippers, I mean, man, for a guy that averaged nearly twenty and ten during the regular season to be putting up six, seven points a night, uh, you know that's just as your perceived co-star, that's just that's awful, uh, and. Zach, uh, in the chat here, he mentions that KP only got seven shots. But, I mean, look, what what are you going to do? <laughs> when, when It's like in the last game when they were trying to force feed him. 
Uh, and he was on Rondo. And, I mean, that's a, that should be a, a mismatch every single time. He should be able to take advantage of that and score every single time it happens. But he ends up getting stripped. Uh, you know, he, he turns around and takes these shots that are tough, heavily contested. Uh, I mean, it's just – he just it's like he just forgets how to how to play basketball when he has a smaller guy on him. I don't I don't understand what the deal is. But anyway, I'm gonna try not to harp too much on KP um uh, for the rest of this one. But anyway, all right, our next guest up here, uh Discombob MFFL. How are you? Good, how are you, man? Um I'm doing pretty good. It's uh it's Friday night and you know, I don't have to go to <laughs> tomorrow so i figured you know what we'll just come on here and vent for a little little while yeah i feel that i'm in i'm doing summer class right now and i feel that but uh i didn't really want to i wanted to talk about the turnovers i feel like we just kept on passing the ball to boban and letting him just post up and i don't really understand all that i mean do you agree on that yeah yeah i think i agree yeah and maxi i was saying in the chat earlier i mean Obviously, he hasn't been the same, but it feels like in the playoffs, I mean, he just isn't good. I mean, I know he's, you know, been injured with COVID and, you know, his Achilles and all that. But, I mean, we just got to get more out of him. And I feel like at home under pressure, they kind of honestly folded. And, you know, it sucks saying that. But, I mean, I feel like they're better with the cardboard cutouts. There's just too too much hesitation from – from the guys, from Luca's secondary guys, you know, there there were a lot of times tonight where Maxi and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he'd make them even if he took them, but there are, there's a lot of times where Dorian or Maxi or uh, you know somewhat Brunson, you know, they have an open shot and they end up you know pump faking and dribbling into a worse shot and they end up getting blocked or they just miss, and it's just like a wasted possession. So Yeah, there were so many. I mean, I feel like this was – I mean, to me, game three was very disappointing, but this was the most disappointing because we had so many chances to go up 10, 11, 12, but it seemed like every time we got up like seven or eight or five, I mean, they just let Kawhi Leonard, you know, take over. But, I mean, you can't really do anything about that, but – I mean, the easy buckets and stuff. I mean, Reggie Jackson going off. I mean, it just hurts. So, yeah, there there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of momentum changes in this game. Uh, you know, the Mavs they were up seven at one point earlier in the game, and it felt like they were on the verge of really making a run. And, oh yeah, uh, and they had a jump ball between uh, Willie Colley Stein and. Maybe, I think it was maybe PG, and uh, you'd think Kawhi Willie Leonard, but but he did not, and it went right to Kawhi, and he hit a three instantly off of the off yeah of the, that off that the changed ball. the whole momentum. Sorry to get yeah. you off. And then and then you know it, like I mentioned earlier, you, there was momentum swings back and forth, obviously, but you know the missed free throws by Brunson at the end of the third, paired with that first shot he took. Yeah, I mean. Part- fourth before you know while Luca was on the bench that that was a huge one for me too and you know that's the pressure thing again too you know Brunson's been I think he was like 90 or 89 or something like that from the line and he just I mean under that pressure missing too and you know again you go up six instead of four and who knows maybe you know in that bad shot like you said at the beginning of the fourth I mean 
that it's just stuff like that that's really frustrating. But all you can do is, you know, hope they play good in game seven. And, you know, Luca probably needs to shoot 35 shots again. Yeah, I agree. And, hey, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with me for a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we know what we're going to get from Luca. I have no doubt, uh, even though he had a, a bad game, in my opinion, even though he ended up with a pretty good stat line just overall, uh, he was just too passive. And I don't think we're going to get that in uh, in game seven. I think he's going to come out firing. Uh, hopefully he gets as much as much rest as, as humanly possible in a, in a day and a half. <laughs> but, I mean, I if Luka is healthy and he's on the court, the Mavs have a puncher's chance against anybody on any given night, and I've said this forever, uh, and it, 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 it's no different in a game seven. Now, overall, the Clippers have far more experience than this Mavs team. Uh, I could definitely see where the Mavs don't win game seven, uh, even though the road team has won every game this series. But, you know, like I said, there's just a mountain of pressure on the Clippers. There, there's so much pressure on them to get this done because all the expectations, you know, they punked the same Mavs team last year in the playoffs and uh, the Mavs have had revenge on their mind. And, you know, I think they, you know, they tanked the, at the end of the season to get the Mavs. And now look, here they are going into a game seven <laughs> winner take all when, uh, you know, they could have, uh, they ducked the Lakers and then look what happened to the Lakers. So, uh, I don't. I don't think this is what is. This is what the Clippers expected at all, and I hope it. I hope it turns out well for the Mavs. It'd be a great morale boost. It'd be a great, you know, growth experience for this team if they could uh, get their revenge and close this thing out in seven. But we'll see how it goes. All right, let me look at my. Well, it said I had a speaker request, but it went away. Okay, well. We've been going for about forty-eight minutes now, so unless somebody just pops up here in the next few seconds we're going to close this thing out um let me see all right well i appreciate y'all joining the vent session y'all uh be sure to go over to my buddy kirk henderson with mavs moneyball he does his group therapy session over there and it's always really good stuff uh if you guys listen to the mavs step back podcast on apple podcasts be sure to go and uh, subscribe there and give us a rating, a review, because and uh, include your Twitter at when you do that because we are giving away uh, T-shirts. If you go to at Step Back Mavs on Twitter, uh, you'll see the picture of the shirts we're giving away. They're comfort colors. They're super comfy, uh, really high quality. Uh, but for your chance to, to win one of those, and we've been giving out a ton of them, uh, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. And just remember to include your Twitter ad because that's how we'll be able to find you and, you know, let you know that, that we're sending you a T-shirt. So, guys, appreciate it as always. Hopefully when we come on either either Sunday afternoon, evening, or whether it's Monday around noon, we're, we're going to do a, a Game 7 uh, post-game pod. Just not exactly sure when we're going to do it, but – Hopefully it is a it is an upbeat one. It's a more exciting one than than what we had to do tonight. But guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time. Let me step back for a minute.
Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.